Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for the Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here. Your business name here and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions, and together we are the Wine Fellers. We got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got banned from the factory. Enthusiastically lifeless episode of the Winefellers ever. We will find out the top five most expensive wine bottles ever sold in the world. And many of these wines might be new to you, but that's during the second half of our show. During the first half, we will conduct a uniquely repugnant wine tasting, get into the mailbag, and then it's time for the wine news. All this and some more ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives right here on a sickishly secretious yet supple episode of the Winefellers. But first, what regurgitations are we drinking today, Mark? Hey, Joe. <laughs> oh, Mark. Hello, my friend. It's so good to see you. It is wonderful to see you as well. Regurgitations? Oh, this will all become apparent <laughs> no. very quickly. Hey, uh, what's new? I haven't seen you, I feel like, forever, but... Uh, it does feel that way. But you know what? <laughs> I had a great weekend. Tell me more. My wife and I went to Asheville, and we met the good... Oh, that's... 
Yeah, that's right. We met the good people of, at WPVM, and we met uh, 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 people from uh, other programs. We uh, met uh, Ms. Dial, the uh, the station manager, and it was all a very nice experience. I was uh, I was out of town. I was unable to go. That's right. Uh, but um, that is, you know. I love the support that comes out of Asheville I know. for the show. And it seems like most of our uh, fan base is actually comes out of Asheville as well. Yes. Uh, we've actually, uh, to you know, uh, open the uh, bag, so to speak, on it, we've got a, uh, a Facebook post coming up later in the show from someone in Asheville oh, as well. okay. So we'll, we'll get into the mailbag with that later. Well, anyways, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, um, if we could just somehow bring... Uh, uh, the station manager over in Asheville over to this this station. I mean, it would just make it a perfect experience. Um, you were. I'm just kidding. Uh, you of sure? Yes. Um, <laughs> did uh, was it? It was. It was like a party, I guess. All of the all of the show hosts came together. Yes. A, in Asheville and had a big party. You went up there. Uh, and uh, and partied with them. Yes. You brought the wine, didn't you? I brought the wine, and there was some great food. Um, we had uh, some nice brisket. Mm. And uh, Now, you didn't bring the the brisket, did you? No, that was made by, uh, I believe, the station manager there. Ooh. You know, and Bob Bertman's never made me brisket either. That's a very good point. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think we would be better off if the Asheville station manager would come make brisket for us. I mean, be our station manager. So, Bob, if you're listening, make me some brisket. <laughs> <laughs> so, we yeah. have an incredible oh. wine pairing. The last show, we discussed the most incredibly terrible, well, one of our last shows, we discussed the most incredibly terrible beverages ever created. And that was fun because there were some really weird things that uh, people are drinking these days. And I decided to purchase one. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I what wait I see so Mark across from me right now has I know what we've talked about in the past couple weeks and Mark has brought in a, a styrofoam cooler with I mean it looks like a biological uh, uh, sample sticker on the side so I have he's pouring something out of a uh, meta uh, kind of a just a brown jar what is this Mark yeah so what I did is I and I went oh oh no 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 no. I just caught a glimpse of it. Why is there a cow on that on that jar? Right. So what I did is I went on- Mark, I'm not doing it. Hold on a second. What I did is I went on Amazon.com, <laughs> and I said, what can I buy that we talked about that might be interesting to drink on the air? Uh -huh. And what I found was a <laughs> bottle of cow urine. <laughs> Why, Mark? Because it's good for you. Why? Because it's good for you. No. So uh, you know, I was I did a little research. Oh. And let me tell you a little bit about cow urine. Back in the <laughs> <laughs> back in, back in the day, cow <laughs> cow urine was used in treatment of cancer and leprosy. And what? Yeah, back you're, in the, back ba in the day. You're making this up. No, no, this is true. Uh, this is this is all true. Now, okay. Uh, currently in Nigeria. Uh, convulsions in children are treated using a concoction made of garlic, tobacco, rock salt, cow urine, and lemon basil juice. <laughs> and currently, some Indian scientists, where this bottle is from, currently <laughs> use cow urine as an antibiotic. Oh. So I poured you a oh. little glass. Mark, I don't, I, look, it, I know um, we've eaten just about everything on this show. That's right. <laughs> in fact, remember, at one point I was ready to just rename the show 
what will Joe eat? No, but this is you know wine followers where we discuss wine and wine, <laughs> and wine like. I thought when you when we were coming up with the idea for this show, it sounded great. Yeah. In theory, right. we would be drinking fine wines from around the world. Well, it turns out fine wines are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> How much was this cow urine? Oh, like five six bucks. Oh, evidently it's goodness. not very expensive to produce. So. <laughs> it's as cheap as cow urine. And that's pretty, a probably gonna be like pretty, a new saying. It's pretty cheap. So, um, oh, Mark, cheers. Uh, no, 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 Mark, I'm, I, Joe, you have to. I don't well, know. Okay, I don't let's know. Just cheer, put, you know, let's clean glasses. Wait, just stop. Right, wait, bef- let me smell it first. All right, Mark, I've, I, I've eaten bugs. <laughs> I've, don't do that face okay, right just before I'm about to smell it. Just smell uh, it. Oh, I smell it right now. <laughs> oh, oh, it smells like a barnyard. It smells like manure. Is what it smells like. Okay, just try. no, I'm gonna try, no. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. No, no, I'm gonna drink it with you. Don't drink yet, Mark. Okay. I want to do this together. I just need to work up to it. Okay. I we've eaten bugs. We've mm. eaten squid. Uh, like uh, yeah, li- other live animals. Mm. I think we've eaten some live animals at one point. Mm, yeah. All right. So let's try. Uh, Here we go. <sighs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, Hold on. I haven't even tried it yet. I know. <laughs> I just smell it. Gosh. Oh, Mark. No, it, it's a smell. I, um, I don't know if I can. All right. I'm going to drink some of it. I'm going to drink a little bit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mark. Mm. Keep it together. Mm-mm. Just keep it Mm-mm. together, man. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Nope. Woo. All right. Mm. Did you try it? No. Oh, I tried it. I saw you try it, and just watching you drink it almost made me. Okay, throw so I, up. I thought you were going to say this. So I tried it, and you didn't try it. So I th- that that that, oh, that upsets I, I me. I will try it. No, I'm no, gonna, no. I'm going to try no, it. Hold on. I'm just worried that no, 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 the show is going to be over no, no, after. No, I thought you were going to do that. So the reason, so what I did, thinking that you weren't going to try it, is no. I made it more palatable. No. How? I made urine pops. Here we go. <laughs> now so i made it more palatable and so what i did is i as i i, I poured some and i and i and, oh. I, and a tray and i froze oh. it oh I, mark i made the, oh geez i froze it so now you can try frozen your one. wife let you make urine pops at home <laughs> she doesn't know <laughs> until now <laughs> what if she i see it it's basically toothpicks in an ice tray here what if she <laughs> put this in a drink <laughs> oh, Mark, this is bad. This is okay, I, no. All right, I, look, do I have to apologize I, to no, my wife? I, for doing I feel this? like right. I feel like if I don't breathe in through my nose, I can try a sip of this. But I'm just. Would you oh. rather try the pop, the ice pop? No, I'm gonna do what you Popsicle? did. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna drink some of this, okay. Mark. It's um, it's it smells like a barnyard and hay. It smells a little he- like hay. And I'm going to just not breathe through my nose as I take a sip here. Okay. And just know that it's quite a good chance that this is not going to go well all right okay all right i tried something i don't think i'm gonna i don't think i'm gonna lose it mark that does not taste good okay the idea (laughs) of this is actually worse than drinking it yeah it's, it's not but i do feel more healthy don't you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> that is the most disgusting thing out of everything I've ever consumed. 
I mean, I, what the listeners we had remaining I don't at know. this point have now, they're gone. No, they're not, because I'm going to tell them something. They're tuning into a fine no, no, wine no, no, program, no. and we drink no, cow no, urine. No, no, I'm going to tell them something. I feel like my leprosy's gone. That is just, that's <laughs> the worst thing you could say to these people. Think of the people out there who actually have a leprosy, this and is, now they're going to think, Mark, my breath now? <laughs> Oh um, yeah, <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah. Don't go home and kiss your wife. This okay. is just now, horrible. Let's move on. <laughs> <sighs> don't <laughs> don't go nowhere. You're listening to the quite repugnant Weinfellers. No, <laughs> right here on WHEP, the mailbag is now. Welcome. You've got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? We got mail. So what you what you what you got? We got mail. 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 I just still can't get that taste out of my mouth. Well, this will I think this will help because <laughs> we have an interesting mailbag. Mm-hmm. We um, mentioned earlier, um, we've got someone from, uh, from Asheville writing in uh, via a Facebook post okay. from Autumn Saffron Summer. I kid you not, that's actually the name here. Hmm. Uh, probably your real name, or nothing wrong with that name, no, actually, at all. think about it. Who listens to our show via WPVM in Asheville. Autumn Saffron Summer writes, This has been one of the happiest weeks of my life. Hmm. Yeah, great for summer. Um, uh, <laughs> that seems like an upbeat person. I think so. Autumn Summer. I'm just now realizing how. Oh, I, I get is. it now. Uh -huh. um, the North Carolina Brunch Bill was passed. She goes on to explain what that is, which means soon I will be able to go into a restaurant and purchase a mimosa at 10 a.m. instead of noon on Sundays. So now I'll be able to have a drink before going to church. Nice. Are you as happy <laughs> as I am about the brunch bill? Now, Mark, um, we should take a moment to explain to our listeners outside of the state what the brunch bill is. Good point. What is the brunch bill? Well, I thought you knew what the brunch bill Oh, yeah. Was. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. <laughs> it just basically says that uh, if you go to a restaurant and it's on a Sunday, instead of uh, having a mimosa or some kind of drink with alcohol in it at noon, you can, we'll step it up two hours earlier. You can have it at 10 a.m. Yes. It, it actually allows, what it allows for are uh, local municipalities to make that Individually decision. vote on that. Right. right. So uh, it's not just across the board in all the counties, uh, but uh, they can choose to right. allow this. Uh, and and they they did this for economic reasons. Well, and if you think about it, really freedom reasons. Well, yeah, Related I mean, freedom, right? Yeah. Uh, but definitely, some of these towns, for example, who were in support of the brunch bill, mm -hmm. would uh, I think the hotel industry, the industry, uh, and the, the restaurant industry, they want it to happen, and and you know it makes sense as far as that's concerned. I think I don't. I, was, I presume Asheville will vote it in when uh, whenever their next count, town council so. meets. Chapel Hill, 
uh, Carborough yep. already has it on the books. Uh, they may have already voted on it. I think they did, and I think Hillsborough just their meeting hasn't met yet. So, so I think we're. we're uh, I mean, I think I think Asheville will vote it in, and and um, I would imagine so. And there's some wonderful restaurants in Asheville. So yes. I, I think that would make a lot of sense. And so, but you know what? Since we bo- we're both work at the auction house, yes, we actually. Uh, we're part of the brunch we bill. Were, too. We, we were a little. You know, there was a little part in the brunch bill. It it ha- the brunch bill came along with a few different changes, right? That's and right. and I'm going to just outline a few of them right now. So one that we just covered, allowing the serving of alcohol in restaurants mm-hmm. before noon, if 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 so uh, decided. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, it allows distilleries, which is a growing industry in right. North Carolina, to uh, sell not one bottle of spirits <laughs> a year. Whoop de do. But now they can sell you, one individual, five <laughs> bottles of, of their liquor a year. Wow. <laughs> now, uh, baby steps, Mark. Baby well, steps. you know, it's you know, it's all about that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and another thing, like as you just said, affected our business, the auction business. And it allows uh, auction houses to sell, what is it? So, so before this, oh, before, oh. so before the brunch bill came oh, along, a little history lesson. A little history. Here. If you were an auction house, a uh, licensed auction house like uh, we both work with, which is Lean Little Auctions, mm-hmm. uh, you could sell some whiskeys, but not too many. And and they, they, the the it was very kind of very narrowly defined of the whiskeys that you could sell at auction. They have to come in a decorative decanter, and some other finer points, but it, it really kind of limited what you could sell. It's severely limited. It did. So what we uh, wanted to put in the bill was uh, a language to say that we could now sell something called antique spirituous 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 mm-hmm. spirituous, spirituous liquors. liquors which just basically means that their liquors older than 20 years and also um, that particular uh, that particular liquor not necessarily the brand but the mm-hmm. particular liquor that the bottle is is uh, out of production yeah and let's just Let's give a, uh, an example here, some examples. So I know that mm-hmm. um, Pappy Van Winkle is a popular whiskey. That's right. And uh, that uh, Pappy Van Winkle, there is Pappy Van Winkle that's older than 20 years. Right. However, you because can. Pappy Van Winkle is still in production. Well, the certain kind is like. 23 year hasn't changed and it has and it has been in production for a long time so you couldn't but there might i think there are oh, there's like a, there's a certain ones an odd are, like a maybe 17 year like a like a strange rye that has it. it's out of production or something like that then you could sell that or um some other things so that's my understanding of yeah, the law but it, we'll but we're you know we'll have to kind of find out really what it means in practice exactly and that's exciting it because exciting. because whiskey is is a big thing Whiskey is actually more uh, popular these days with the millennials than mm-hmm. wine is, believe it or not. And if we'd known that, we should have called ourselves a whiskey fellers, but here we are. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we sell wine and whiskey at uh, Little Little Auctions uh, here in Hillsboro. So it's, um, but we're really excited about this because we're going to really change the scope of the whiskeys that we're going to be able to sell. We've already been contacted by people and we're going to have a really interesting cool whiskey auction coming up at some point uh this is uh, honestly something i'm interested in learning more about uh i haven't asked you this question so i may as well ask it now sure uh yeah, at leland little auctions you're the uh wine uh, i guess is your title wine and whiskey director that's right that's right uh, uh as that department grows mm-hmm. at leland little auctions right how do you see the ratio between the fine wines you auction versus the whiskey you auction changing 
Right. So, I mean, uh, with this law, we could probably, I think we'll always sell more wine than whiskey, but it could be, you know, 80, 20, which would gotcha. actually be considerable for, for an auction house. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, buyers from all around the world yeah. will be attracted to it. That's yeah. It's, 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 it's actually, it's just kind of a lot of fun because whiskey is just sort of a, a neat area to to learn about and study. So stay tuned. You know, I guess uh, vi- visit uh, the website often, right, to see when the next yeah. whiskey sale is yeah. going to be. We don't have one scheduled, but it'll come up some point. Uh, yep. Uh, but thanks for the thanks for the uh, the mail. That yeah. Nice. Uh, geez, autumn saffron summer actually uh, started a little uh, conversation there. Yeah, that's, that's cool. fantastic. Yeah. Now climbing the Billboard Twitter. Emerging artists chart this week to number 23. It's Fries from Five Guys, a Winefeller's song creation. And if your Fortune 500 company is needing a jingle, let the Winefellers write a song for you. Don't go nowhere. You like that? The Wine News is next.
Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Wine Fellers News. Are you sick and tired of having to eat your chocolate? Well, you should consider snorting it. Have you been told that smoking is bad for you? Then get healthy by adding wine to your smoking habit. Huh? <laughs> Don't want to get arrested while drinking a bottle of wine from the hood of your car? Then wear clothes right here on the news. The news. Joe, are you tired of merely ingesting your chocolate? Am I? I know. Me too. Thankfully, there is a brand new product called Coco Loco. <laughs> Coco Loco is a snortable chocolate powder based on the European chocolate snorting craze. No. It is. No. All these stories are true. Oh, Founder wow. Nick Anderson builds Coco Loco as an energy supplement made of cacao powder yeah. mixed with ginkgo biloba, taurine, and guaranana, something, the stuff you find in energy drinks. The company claims that the powder will lift mood, reduce anxiety, and give you a surge of energy. I mean, what's going on in the world, Mark? What did, but this is, I mean, look, I, okay, you know, hey, may, look, maybe call me old fashioned, all right? All right. But, uh, I'm just not ready for, you know, a bunch of people doing, uh, chocolate lines in the, in the Starbucks at every corner. I mean, because this is where it's going. Well, the company claims that Coco Loco causes a rush of endorphins and serotonin, boosts energy, and brings about a sense of calm. <laughs> this just doesn't make any sense. Well, boosts energy and brings about a sense of calm. Yeah, those two claims seem at odds. Yeah, <laughs> you think? Yeah, a little bit. But um, <laughs> anything to sell the product. It Mark. does both. It might surprise you to know that the company has not provided concrete research to back up their claims, <laughs> and Anderson did not consult with medical professionals when creating Coco Loco. I remember in high school the. The the guy that would snort the pixie sticks. Yeah, well, this is this is for him. <laughs> yes, maybe it's the same idea. Maybe I don't know. I this uh, pixie stick I think is just like pure sugar. Could this be a calorie issue? What do you mean? Well, if you eat chocolate, it's well. You're if you're snorting it, it's still running down the back of your throat, going uh, into your your yeah, stomach. That's probably true. Okay, the company still maintains that they acted responsibly while creating <laughs> the product. According to Anderson, there are no health issues and everyone seems fine. <laughs> and that's a quote. <laughs> everyone seems fine. Oh well, that's settled. Good enough for me. <laughs> and he also Anderson goes on to mention, it says not to do more than half the container. <laughs> How big is the container? I don't know. <laughs> it's like a milk jug. It, it, everyone's <laughs> fine. Just don't do, do too yeah, much of it. Whatever you do, don't do <laughs> <laughs> I think everything is self-explanatory. There are warning labels on it, and I don't think I would be responsible. <laughs> Wait, what? That's a this quote. is a real quote? That's a quote from Oh, yeah. my gosh. Who did this yeah, press release yeah, for I them? I think he needs a marketing team. Anyway, wow. <laughs> surprisingly, not everyone happens to be a fan 
of this new product. According to Dr. Andrew Lane of the John Hopkins Science Center. <laughs> According to the scientists. Scientists, quote unquote. <laughs> and, and evidently hater in chief of Coco Loco. <laughs> putting solid material into your nose is often not a great idea, nor is mixing chocolate with your mucus. <laughs> like someone has to tell you I that. love that, that. I mean, can you just imagine the eye roll of this guy right. as he's on, like on an interview Right over the phone with whoever did this article, and like, do I really have to? Do I really like? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. no, don't snort your food up your nose. So any, anyway, the doctor said uh, it, this could create a chocolate paste that could block <laughs> that could block your sinuses. Oh, not to mention like the the chocolate brown mucus it could run out of the front of your nose. It's yes, yeah, and then nice. I guess you lick your. Uh, own mucus and it would make it taste good now now here's the thing this brings eating your own boogers just call it booger flavoring <laughs> just call all it, it's called it's booger seasoning That's basically what just it call is. it what it what it is mm. and this is being sold as like an extreme way right. of, of relaxing it's a way to just taste chocolate for hours it's for all the booger eaters, man. Man, this is not good. Uh. And this is and this look, I don't make this up. In a turn of events, the company has a warning for the FDA. For yeah. the FDA, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is gonna buy them some points here. Be all right. Just because something is new does not mean we should jump to regulate it. I suggest <laughs> lawmakers and regulators look at case studies and research data from Europe before they decide to demonize and regulate a brand new product on the market. Do they? They don't understand the political they system really here don't at know all. What they're doing? Yeah. Oh they really, man. They really. If even if they don't want to listen to the. MB- FDA, they at least have to give them lip service. I mean, uh, yeah, we we respect the FDA's <laughs> decision, whatever it may be, and uh, the lawmakers are very smart and beautiful and doing everything right. But maybe th- from a marketing standpoint, this is brilliant because no one usually goes this route. <laughs> well, they're definitely we're talking about it. Yeah, right. But you'd think just the uh, the idea of releasing a product that you snort up your nose, chocolate food product. Yeah. Uh, for nasal ingestion uh, would be enough. Nope. Now they're attacking. They're like going on the offensive too. Yeah. Well, I, we a- and the FDA better look out. We'll try to have the uh, maker of Coco Loco on, and we'll try to get him after he's. Uh, well, here's the thing: the FDA won't have a say in it, Mark. Because see, just like all the, this will be fall under the uh, well, like right. dietary supplements. And I think because the ingredients is all like you know, these natural ingredients. Can, can we just get some cocoa powder and just try to snort it one episode? Yeah, I don't want to do that. You made me drink mm, cow urine. All right, we'll see. All right, all right. The second story. <laughs> Break open the wine box and pack of cigarettes, Joe. Because <laughs> we're about to celebrate some awesome news. Smoking, as it turns out, is no longer bad for you. <laughs> and we only talk about real studies on the wine fellers. I'm not kidding. Recent, recently, scientists conducted an experiment to determine the effects cigarettes have on smokers' blood and arteries. The scientists reportedly gathered 20 willing non-smokers to partake in the test. Ten of these subjects drank red wine one hour before they were asked to smoke, while the others were not. You understand where we're going here? You understand the study? This is all so complicated. So they got 20 non-smokers. Okay. Ten drank red wine before they were asked to smoke a cigarette. (laughs) 
And Mark, I'll be honest with you. I'm having a hard time I see listening this. to you right now because uh oh, I Bob's going to Bob's going to kill me. This microphone don't get urine on the microphone. Smells like cow piss. All right, well, I mean cow urine. Yeah, yeah. We're, cow, it smells like cow urine. Right. When it smells I mean, like yes, yes. cow urine. Mark. Yes. <laughs> so the scientist, the scientists concluded drinking wine before inhaling a cigarette prevented short-term smoking damage by protecting the lining of blood vessels. Okay, I need you to be with I'm me. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Apparently, the, I'm with the you. chemicals in the wine prevented the release of microparticles from artery walls, platelets, and white blood cells. Perfect. Yeah. So, basically, if you drink red wine before you smoke a cigarette, <laughs> the bad effects of the cigarette won't hurt you. I don't know if this is something created by the tobacco industry or the alcohol industry. Well, this is lead scientist is from the University of Saarland <laughs> in Hamburg, Germany, and uh, she said we found evidence that pre-consumption of red wine prevented most of the vascular in- injury caused by smoking. This cannot be true. This is. This is what the study said. They did it with 20 people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Over two weeks. My favorite part of the study is that they took 20 healthy people who did not smoke, and they gave 10 of them cigarettes to smoke. (sighs) So, unfortunately, they're all smoking still today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, this just doesn't sound maybe that it would hold up in a peer-reviewed sort of publication. I would say that this is about as solid as research gets. (laughs) Because, you know, this study could lead to like a 50% reduction of healthcare costs in the United States alone. So you're telling me that, okay, if if, if someone uh, is a heavy drinker, mm -hmm. let's say drunk all the time, Mm -hmm. on wine, Mm -hmm which there are people out there, those people are immune to the harmful effects of smoking tobacco products. They will not get cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely not. 100% chance they will not get cancer. That's what we're saying. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh boy. (laughs) Uh, Well, anything's possible, Mark. Should we should we uh, should we uh, make that statement qualitative or nope? Okay, qualifying? no, that's good. Just okay. like that. All right, we'll just leave it as. <laughs> All right. So the third story. Okay, and I'm completely with you right now. Okay, and in local news, mm. an Okaloosa County man. <laughs> in local news. <laughs> who was found local to where? I don't know. Local to Okaloosa. <laughs> I think that's around here, isn't it? Oh. Uh, I've never heard of it. Okaloosa County man who was found standing in his driveway with a bottle of wine on the hood of his Jeep, but no clothes on his body. Mm. Has Sounds been, like a party. Has been charged with misdemeanor indecent, indecent exposure. On his own property? Yeah, on his own property. What's the world coming to, I know, Mark? doesn't sound right. According to a press release from the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office, a neighbor called to complain that a 60-year-old Sapphire Court resident... <laughs> was making lewd movements while standing naked outside of his home around 9.30 last Sunday evening. When, de- <laughs> when deputies... Making lewd movements? Is that what you just said? That's what I said. <laughs> when, de- when deputies arrived, the man reportedly told them it was hot outside and he was just taking out the garbage. <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? Quote, unquote, taking out the taking garbage. Out the garbage. <laughs> oh, that sounds like the most disgusting <laughs> maneuver I've ever 
heard of. Well, the woman who <laughs> the woman who made the report said that the man had been outside facing her residence. In addition to the lewd movements, the man reportedly <laughs> put his hands over his head as if he were stretching. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Okaloosa's not a county around here. This is not a good day for me, Mark. Why? Well, because my, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the, I don't want to imagine these lewd movements <laughs> any more so than this lady. Oh, it's, you know. Saw them. I think you know, it's very possible that you know sometimes you think you saw something and it, you never know what happened. And <laughs> <laughs> as he was standing naked outside his residence on his Jeep, yes, and the which, hood. Well, no, which makes it a wine story is that he had a bottle of wine on the hood of his Jeep. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it is a wine story. We, after all, are the wine fellers, <laughs> and only talk about wine. You movies. sometimes wouldn't wouldn't think that. Yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> but we did. Then we talk about wine, mostly, fifty-one percent of the time. So, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Wine Fellers, the top five most expensive wines in the world is coming up next. Right after a Wine Fellers song exclusive about Canada's sweetheart. <laughs>
We're proud to present a happy precedent. A super segment. It's Wine Fellers Special Event. Turn your radio up. Turn it up. Grab your wine cup. Go get it. Put on some makeup. Oh, yeah. It's Wine Fellers Special Roundup. For your wine bottle. Eat your brothel. Oh, that song never gets old. Hmm. Except, what? So before we get into the special event, will you try a popsicle? Well, just for people tuning in right now to the show, tell them again what kind of popsicles you want me to try. Well, because it turns out that cow urine is very healthy for you. What was it again? Cow urine. Cow what? Urine. And in order to make make Joe healthy, uh, (laughs) we tried some earlier in the show. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. It was terrible. It was terrible. But I did freeze some into some some popsicles, and I thought that he would like that. But here's- It stinks. But here's the problem. See See the popsicles? They're they're um yes they're in these square ice tray right. forms but they look like they're liquid liquefied inside so they're they're melting no that's not the problem what I did not realize Joe is that <sighs> urine has a higher I mean a lower freezing yes. point than water really I, obviously so yeah oh my god that's why they're not completely solid so it's more like a cow urine slushy so uh, you are going to try one well oh I can't how do how do uh, I break them out of here well. Well, well, uh, well, well, let me see here. You know, I, you went do. through all this trouble, I Mark. I really did. And uh, I want to, they got a nice toothpick in here. Okay. So, oh, it smells so bad. Yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, we're, so we're, wait, wait, but, you know, I'll, mm, no. You're going to get it all over the table. <laughs> well, it's already all over. Oh, it's all over my fingers now, Mark. Yeah, I didn't bring any napkins. All oh. right, now. Oh. So let's get yeah, on. Yeah, I can't even. Uh, I, I would try it, Mark, but it's breaking apart. Uh, yeah, I mean, Well, we'll try something else. Um, but look. I was not really going to try that. I know, but I was just trying to make you healthy, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, the special event is we're going to talk about the top, top five most expensive wines in the world. And that's kind of an interesting thing to talk about because we're both work uh, with wine and we like uh, to talk about and uh, drink. Uh, nice we like wine. to talk about the wines we can't afford. That's right. That's true. You know, and actually, we're going to be, I think, at the auction house, we're going to have an expensive wine auction in September. Ooh, and uh, so nice. we welcome everyone to join us then. But uh, but uh, this is the top five most expensive wines. Will in the any world. of these five, if, if, as we're going through them, if, any, if you're offering any of these five right. at, your, in, at the wine auction in September, let us like let let's the num- speak up. The number one wine will be at that wine auction actually in a different format. You'll see. What's number one? Well, I can't tell you yet. Oh oh oh! We're counting down. We're counting down. Nice, and we're starting with number five. That's right. Number five most okay. expensive wine in the world is an 1875 Chateau Margaux. Margaux is a Bordeaux wine uh, that uh, that we sell a lot of at the auction house. A very fine wine, beautiful yes, wine, lovely yes. wine, and I love. I actually love that label. 
the Margot labels. Yeah, it's very of, nice. You know, it's a nice yeah. one. Chateau uh, Bocayou is actually my favorite label. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. yeah. So, but Ducru so, Bocayou. Ducru Bocayou. So, uh, number five is 1875 Chateau Margot, which is old bottle. 1875. It went, one bottle went for $225,000. Wow. And there's a story behind this. Um, it was discovered, the, the bottle was discovered in 1985, um, thought to belong to Thomas Jefferson. Um, oh, wow. I believe for Jeez. real. I think there had been some fake ones, but I think this one was actually thought to be belong to Thomas Jefferson. Uh-huh. And at a party, um, he the, the owner of the bottle went home to show his, off his crown jewel of his collection. Um, and he was making around the rounds around his room with his treasure. All was going well, and then the bottle hit the corner of a chair, fell straight to the ground, and the old glass uh, bottle bro- uh, uh, broke. Wait, this is the the person who bought it broke for two hundred twenty five thousand dollars was showboating and dropped, after the fact, and he dropped it and broke it. This is true. Story. Oh, did did he just immediately drop to the floor <laughs> no. and start lapping it up? No, what he did was uh, he was so upset he left the party with his now worthless bottle, forgetting uh. forgetting of all things, his wife. Oh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> it's a true story. Oh, oh, oh. oh. So, but no, that that's it's a true story. Uh-huh. So, a puddle of the 114 year old wine was left on the counter. Of the coat check, and that was tasted by the restaurant manager, uh, Julian Nicolini. For real? This happened? Put his face down on the on the counter and laps him up to try it. And? Uh, he said it was didn't taste very good. Well, you know, a lot of, with bottles that old mark. Yeah. I, I don't, you're obviously not paying that money for wine to drink. Right. Right, this is something that. You hope someone will pay more for in the future. Yeah, this is a totally investment. Usually, I mean, it's possible that it would taste good, but it's such a long it time. Seems and, like a, and the even odds a delicate of it, wine for for staying. Yeah, like that I song. mean, the odds of it being stored well for that long. I mean, you really should be stored at fifty five degrees, and even a brief storage higher than that can ruin your wine. So. Um, yeah, I think it was just for the rarity and, and who it belonged to and that kind of thing. But, you know, it was an interesting story. So number four, uh, the uh, the fourth top most expensive wine in the world was, okay. a, was an 1869 Chateau Lafitte for $232,000. Wow, Chateau Lafitte Rothschild. Yep, and that was sold at Sotheby's in 2010. Uh, uh, it was value, valued at $8,000 per bottle, and there were three of them, and each one sold for $232,000. So l- a little bit less than they million. were. They were quite off with that estimate. A little bit. Eight thousand dollars a bottle. And what year was this? Eighteen sixty-nine. I mean, that's so. Someone bought all three, and um, and just for under a million dollars. Is tell me this, Mark? When you are cataloging wine for the auction, yeah, is it difficult to predict what wines of this age? Are going to sell for. That's a good point. So you usually wines that are more recent, I and mean, even what I more re- say more recent, even the last fifty years, you can usually predict fairly, fairly with some f- good certainty of what it's going to go for within a range. You know, depending on the condition of the bottle. But once you get over a hundred years, two hundred years old, kind of all bets are off. It's just it's just uh, who wants it the most, and you can get a good deal maybe, and maybe if two people really really want it, you know, then that's uh, you could it can the sky's the limit. Now, do, did anyone? try these bottles of Lafitte? Well, they didn't say because it was from an anonymous buyer. Interesting. So we don't know who has Interesting. It. So number three, uh, the three most expensive, third most expensive wine in the world was okay. a 1907 Heidsick. This is a champagne. 
I am not that familiar with this name. Yeah, it's a good, very good champagne. So during World War One, a German U-boat uh, fired upon a Swedish freighter stocked with spirits headed for uh, G- uh, Russia, and uh, the freighter was sunk in Finland for 80 years, and then it was raised in 1997. Less than 2,000 bottles were recovered, and then of those, less than 1,000 were still drinkable. So these were at the bottom of the ocean. Wow. Hey, and speaking of relatively constant temperature, temperature right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, uh, as long as the seal wasn't broken. So you can buy one for around $275,000 a bottle. And, and is, are they selling these like retail in, uh, or... Are they auctioning these? Um, I don't know if that's a retail price or auction house uh, auction price, but I think you know. I think someone wow, nineteen oh seven champagne, right? And someone paid for it. So, and often champagne doesn't last as long as wine does because champagne's under pressure, obviously, with the gas, and so it can you know it's much more uh, easily easily. Oh, but, but think about this, Mark, with the gas in, suspended in that solution right. as it sunk. It, it created I bet a vacuum. It helped, yeah. Keep that Probably. gas compressed yeah, as long as nothing. As long as the cork didn't. I bet the best yeah. place to store your champagne is at the bottle, well, uh, bottom of the ocean. Some people say that you know, there's uh, a group of a group of investors that say that you should do that. So really, yeah, yeah. There's there's people out there uh, who who tout that. It's interesting. So uh, number two, you're kind of blowing my mind there. Uh, I know. We need to we need to re- make we need to revisit that. We will. Okay. Number two, number is two, 1947 Cheval Blanc. And what are we going through again here, Mark? This is the top. We're we're on the wine fellers, and we're, <laughs> and we're talking about who are we? We're the wine fellers, and we're talking about the top five most expensive bottles of wine in the world and ever we're sold. On number two, 1947 Cheval Blanc, which is also a Bordeaux. Yes, sold for three hundred and four thousand dollars for one bottle. <sighs> a 1972, mm-hmm. a, a forty. No, number oh. 1947. 1947. Yes. And what made so this, this one is a so... 1947 for Cheval Blanc is very, very rare. Um, for some reason, the, when they produced the wine during this time, they, uh, they ended up ruin, ruining part of their crops, and, and, and part of the wine was damaged during the process of uh, storing it in their cellars. So very few uh, uh, vats of their wine was ever were ever produced to begin with, so it's it was really just so it's a kind of a supply and demand thing. It's very very rare. But it must have been like a good year for yeah, them. Yeah, it, well. it was a very good year. Uh, forty seven was for some makers. Um, some mm. would say forty five was better, but uh, that was um, a, a good good uh, wine, and it was a very expensive bottle. So number one. Wait, where did number two sell? Let's see if it says any idea. Christie's. Christie's got mm-hmm. it, and that's at auction again. In auction in Switzerland. It seems like. Some of the most expensive bottles in the world, almost all of them, are passing through auction houses. That's true. If you really want a, a very fine bottle of wine, sometimes it's the best way to go. Gotcha. And um, through uh, these means. So it's interesting. But the number one most expensive bottle in the world, um, we, won't ex- it, we won't be selling this format um, because it was a large bottle. So... Uh, and, and for for our listeners, when Mark says a, a, a large format or a different or an uncommon format, format is is just simply size of the bottle. Size of the bottle, right? So you know they come in different sizes. Some are huge, it's like twelve six, liters, right? So a six. It, this was a six liter bottle. Okay, I think that's equivalent to eight regular size bottles or something like yes. that. So this so this is a uh, the newest one on the list is Screaming Eagle. And so Screaming Eagle is a new, relatively new wine. It's been produced, I believe, since like 1992. Out of California. Out of California. And so it was, uh, 
It was a six-liter bottle. Uh, sold for $500,000. Goodness gracious. Yep, we're going to be selling this at our next wine auction. Not this size, but a regular size bottle. And so it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, a very highly rated wine. Uh, it's only sold at auction or by being on their exclusive mailing list. Um, it's, a, it's a rare <laughs> wine uh, for such a new vintage. Only 175 cases were produced. Um, even less were produced in following years. Um, but, you know, it was sold at charity, at charity auction in 2000 for a half a million dollars. And that's not bad for what a wine um, that's only been on the market for five years. Jeez. I know. Well, hopefully they didn't break that on the coat check on the way out. That would be a mess. Half a million half dollars. Half for one bottle of wine. So, you know, <laughs> and people, you know, when I'm at the auction house, people often ask me, is, is, have you ever had a wine that's worth, you know, they won't ask me it's worth half a million, but have you ever bottle of wine that's worth a thousand dollars sure mean, that you you drink it like well that's worth a thousand i mean it's a credible bottle and no really yeah because you know look at, at some point you get to a price that nothing is worth that and then i start feeling you know gosh i mean for i could buy 10 bottles of what i really want instead of one bottle of something that's you know super rare and a lot of times that's more it's a, it's a supply and demand thing it's a it's a currency thing. It's, it's, it's absolutely an it's investment so thing. Investment thing, um, you know. In a lot of countries, such as China, wine is is uh, used as currency, and I mean literally currency. It's it's exchanged as money, so um, it can drive up the price as well. Uh, we talk about this every now and then on the show, Mark. You know, trying to find the best wine for the buck, you know, best bang for the buck, so to yeah. speak. And uh, and. You can find, you don't need to spend even thousands of dollars on a bottle. No. You just, you know, we've had plenty good wine, 20, 30 bucks a bottle. That's right. I mean, you know, I, I, um, there are wonderful wines that are 10, $12. Usually when you go below there, below that point, it's going to not, in my opinion, not taste as good because that lower price is going to be reflected in the production process and they're going to cut corners to make it a little cheaper. Um, but, uh, you know, usually if you go $10 or over and I like to maybe a uh, price point of $20 or, you know, if, or if someone else is buying maybe a hundred dollars and, uh, uh and that's a good price point. Oh uh, yeah. Hey Mark, well, how, what, how much should I spend on, uh, how much is a good bottle of wine? Well, it depends on who's yeah. buying it. Right. Am I buying this or are you <laughs> buying this? Because that's going to really influence my decision. But, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, if you've never thought about buying wine at auction, you know, and, and we're, not, we're not touting just our auction. It just, I think it's just a good way to buy wine. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, certainly all of the best, most expensive bottles are being sold at auction. Right. I mean, just like we, you know, just like you're saying, Christie's, Sotheby's. Yeah, and these are, right? you, know, in, in, you know, in our auction house, Leland Little, these are, uh, you know, auction. The, when I say an auction, these are people who privately own this wine, who have consigned this wine to us and we haven't bought the collection they've consigned consigned it to us and we are selling it to other people all right well if you're you know in the market for a five hundred thousand dollar bottle of wine just i guess stay tuned stay on the website right mark sure all right you've been listening to another exciting episode of the wine fellers North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. 
But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. With a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old dusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Run, 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 run